All right, it's time for the word of the Lord. Father, I just pray as we open your word today that you will speak to our hearts, that you'll have something distinctive to say to each of us today. We open ourselves, we open our hearts to you to hear what you're saying. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bethesda, hear the word of the Lord. Matthew 27, starting at verse 62. The next day, meaning after the burial of Christ on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. He said, After three days I will rise from the dead. Notice what they called Jesus our Lord, the deceiver. Verse 64, So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone that he was raised from the dead. Because if that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and they posted guards to protect it. Going on into chapter 28, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. But suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, "'Don't be afraid,' he said. "'I know you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified, but he isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying.'" And For the message I bring to you today, it is important that I also direct your attention to Psalm 2, where the psalmist asks this question. He says, why are the nations so angry? You might know it. Why do the nations rage? But why are, why, why are the nations so angry? And why do they waste their time with futile plans? In other words, what the psalmist is saying, why do the nations of this world continually return to a course of action which they can never, ever hope to accomplish? David was obviously asking a question for which he did not expect a reply because there is no reply to that question. It was an expression of astonishment. Why do the nations rage? When you consider all that the Lord has done for the nations, how can they rebel against Him? God had provided for their basic needs. God had guided them. God had kept them alive, and, and He would bring a Savior to bring forgiveness and eternal life. And yet from the Tower of Babel to the crucifixion of Christ to the battle of Armageddon, the Bible records humanity's foolish and futile rebellions against the will of the Creator. Verse 2 of this second psalm, the kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, He rebukes them, terrifying them with His fierce fury. Throughout history, nations, people, groups, 
and societies have continually risen up to say, let's put away this Christ. Put him away. Let's put away this testimony of the living God and, and, and seal it up. It's what's always been said. We don't want this testimony among us simply because it puts restrictions on our behavior. We don't want that. We want our behavior to be unchallenged and unchanged. We want to be the ones to declare what is good and what is evil. We do not want God or His people telling us that there are certain modes of behavior that are spiritually acceptable and others that are not. And so to break free from conscience, let's, let's put away, let's, let's seal up this testimony. It's always been the plan of people to come against God in this way. Let's guard it. Let's, let's get it out of, of our school systems, this, this way of God doing things. Let's, let's, let's put it away from our colleges. Let's drive it out of our marketplace. Let's sandblast it off of every wall where it's written. Let's even get rid of nativity scenes at Christmas time and let's put away this Christ forever. Let's put him in a tomb. That's their plan. Let's seal it then with all the power that we have. But even though that's their plan, the Bible makes clear to us that the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them, scoffs at them. Some versions use the word derision, holds them in derision. Back in our original text in Matthew 27, we learned that the chief priests and Pharisees spoke to Pilate about this uh, deception of Christ because they feel that society is better served by keeping him securely locked away from all public consideration. Here, here, just Let me just remind you how, how we read it. The, the next day, Matthew 27, 62, the next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to Pilate. They said, sir, remember that deceiver once said while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise from the dead. So, so we're asking you, sir, that you seal the tomb until the third day, because this will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone that he was raised from the dead, because then, then we'll be in worse shape than we were before. In other words, lock him away. We're not going to have that. We don't want that anymore. We want to lock him away. And Bethesda, you know as well as I do that we in this nation have attempted again as every people group, every society, every generation, every age has done, we have attempted again to do the very same thing that others have done throughout history. We've done it. We've attempted to lock Christ away from our children. We've attempted to take him away from the public sphere, even remove him from sporting events, forbidding young athletes to even pray before a game. We certainly are living in a day of total shunning of everything that is righteous and the exalting of that which is evil and putting away of that which is good. It is an attempt that our society is making to push Christ out of our borders. Matthew 27, 65, Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. Do your best. It's almost as if Pilate is saying, make it as safe as you can. Be as sure as you can that you've got him in that tomb. Keep Christ in that tomb if you can. 
Use your accumulated wisdom, guys. Come on, you're smart enough to do this. Use all your smarts to, to do it. Use all of your authority to do it. And guard what you feel you have accomplished. And it just makes me want to say to our own country today, go ahead, America. We challenge you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the sovereign living God, go ahead. Go ahead. Take your best shot. Use all of your wisdom. Use all of your, your, your brain power that you have. Use your power. Exert your authority and guard what you've accomplished. But I sense a solemn responsibility to remind you this morning of this. He who sits in the heavens will laugh. He will laugh. It's the fourth verse of that Psalm 2 that says, the Lord scoffs at them. The Lord shall hold them in derision. He, he scoffs at them. And when you look at the original translation of that word derision, it says this. It's actually, it's going to be a sport to God for him to, to, be, for him to watch you trying to do what never has been able to be done before and will never a, a, be able to be done. It's a sport to him. You cannot push the living God out of anywhere. It cannot be done. That's because he is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere all the time. You cannot push him out of any society. You cannot push him out of any generation or push him out of any age. Now, you can pretend that you pushed him out. You can tell the people that you pushed him out. You can set a seal, if you will, and, and guard it the best you can, but you cannot push someone who is everywhere out of anywhere. You simply can't do that. You cannot, with your physical hands, push air out of this room or the room that you're in. You can try, but you can't do that. If someone got up this morning and said, folks, hold on, hold on, I I'm going to push all the air out of the I'm just going to push all the air out of the room. You know what? The rest of us would sit here and, and watch you do that while we wait for the ambulance to come and pick you up. You cannot push God out of anywhere. He is and always will be everlasting, eternal God. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, speaking of Jesus Christ, says this. He, God the Father, raised him, Jesus, from the dead, and he seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. And here's where he seated him. Far above, far above all principalities, all power, all might, all dominion, ever, far above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the age to come. In other words, nothing in this world can take authority over the one who sits, who is seated in absolute unconquerable authority. That cannot happen. That is where Jesus Christ is seated today. He is risen from the dead, and he is at the right hand of God. That means every name that is named in the news today. He is above that. He's above every country. He is above every ruler, every military power, every ideology, 
Everything is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, for he is seated today in absolute authority. Oh, I wish you were in the room today. Somebody offer a hallelujah. That's what we, what we need here today. Psalm 2, verse 5 says this. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. Huh. Here's where we see God's laughter turn to fury. And this reminds us that there does come a time, hear me please today, there does come a time when God simply draws back and says, okay, this is enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. I've had enough of humankind pretending to be God. So I'm going to show you one more time who God really is. I'm going to show you one more time. And folks, today God is speaking to the nations in his grace and calling them to trust his son. But the day will come when God will speak to them in his wrath and send terrible judgment upon the world. It's what the word tells us. It's what I'm reading to you today from the Psalms. If people will not accept God's judgment of sin at the cross and trust Christ, they will have to accept God's judgment of themselves and their sins. And this day that we celebrate as Resurrection Day should be a real reminder to all of us and to the world that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God is saying this, so you think you can contain me? Really? You think that's what the Resurrection Day is? You think you can contain me? You think you can roll a stone in front of the testimony of the living God? the expression, the life of the living God. You think you can set a guard and put a seal in front of that testimony and that I'm just going to sit back and let you do that? That's what you think. Go ahead. Set a guard. Put a seal. But you cannot stop the will and the plan and the purpose of a sovereign God. Hallelujah. So let me take you right to the moment. In our text of Matthew 28, we see the testimony of Christ as it was at that time sealed up in a tomb at that moment. Matthew 28, verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. But suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. Now, the guards represented their kingdom. And we can imagine them standing there with their shields, their swords, and all their weaponry. The seal on the stone was, was the, the, the seal was actually a, a, a rope that they put across the front of the stone and they sealed it on both sides. In other words, what that's saying is this cannot be tampered with by order of the king. No one can touch this. You better not bother this at all by order of the king. And the order of all the secular and religious authorities would say this. This stone cannot be rolled away. The authorities of that day were saying this. It's like our society saying, by the authority we have, we tell you that you cannot mention the name of Jesus anymore in our school systems. Or, or by the authority we have you cannot do this, and you, you cannot do that. It's the same kind of thing, exactly. 
And the guards at the tomb represented the full secular authority which was alive in those days. But suddenly, hear me carefully, an angel came. And I just have to tell you that I find it very curious that he not only rolled away the stone, but the Scripture says he sat on it. You see, the guards represented their kingdom. But the angel represented the one who sits in the heavens and laughs at these attempts of men who think they can eradicate his name. He sits in a place of full rest and full authority. And this angel is representing the one who sent him. It's as if the angel was saying, I am here to show you that I represent the one who is risen from the dead. I represent the one who sits at the right hand of God and sits with all power and all authority. And scriptures, the scripture we've read tells us this. At that moment, the guards became like dead men or they, they fell into a dead faint. In other words, they became like the death they were trying to preserve. They became like that which was really in their hearts in the first place. And the angel said to the woman at the tomb, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said, and then said, Come, see the place where his body was lying. See the place where death used to be. Come. See the place where his body was lying, where death used to be. To some of you who are listening today, the devil is trying to tell you that he has you sealed up and he has set a guard, that you cannot be released from that. He has rolled the stone over your mind. He has rolled the stone over your marriage. He has rolled it over your life. He has rolled the stone over your hope, has it all sealed up. He has rolled it over your children, your future, your heart. But if you will move this morning toward the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever you are today, and simply say, Lord, I need you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, I need you to be Lord of my life. On this resurrection day, I promise you, if you will do that, your testimony will be to your friends, come, see the place where death used to be, but it's no longer there. Because everything you were, everything you had hoped to be, was, was already sealed and declared to be dead. But on Easter Sunday morning in the year 2020, right in the middle of a global pandemic, the stone was rolled away and the power of God came into your life. And you will find that your testimony will resound with words like this, I used to be hopeless, but because of Jesus now I'm filled with hope. I used to be filled with hate, but now I'm filled with love. I used to be selfish, and now I want to be given for other people. Come see what the Lord has done. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive in me. And because he lives, I shall live also. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. 
He laughs at every attempt the world makes to thwart his purpose, his plan, and his will. He laughs at every argument hell has ever presented to you, telling you that you have no hope, you have no heart, you have no future, telling you that you're no good, that you'll never amount to anything. God laughs. He laughs at every attempt of destruction of the enemy toward you and toward me, toward his church. I want you to be reminded today that there is resurrection life within us today. Bless the name of the Lord. For because he lives, you and I shall live also. No matter what has defeated you today, no matter what has discouraged you in this unique season of time, there is resurrection life within you. It is God who has the last word. It is not this world. It's not everyone around you that has the last word. It's God who has the last word. He created you. He formed you in his image. He has placed resurrection life within you. And you can look straight at your enemy, hold your head up high, and say, go ahead, enemy. Take your best shot. But my life is hidden with Christ in God. You cannot pluck me out of his hand. Bless the Lord. And when you have done your worst... Enemy, just remember this, that when he called my name, I ran out of that grave. Hallelujah.